Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I love it in there. Because sometimes we forget that he is the lion. He's the lion that roars. He's the lion that protects. He's the aggressive lion, right? When we come to Christ, we we, we understand and, and we come to grasp with him being the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, the one that died for us. But we can't just stay there, right? Yes, he's the lamb in our life, but he's also the lion. And the lion is on the prowl. The lion is roaring. And we need to understand that, that in this world right now, though there may be trials, there's tribulations, sometimes as Christians and the church, we feel overwhelmed by the enemy's attack. We need to stop focusing on our enemy and start looking to our lion. Amen. Father God, Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, as the lamb, the unblemished lamb, the one that was sinless, to sacrifice himself, to die upon the cross, to shed his blood, to take our sins. Father, we thank you so much for that. And Father, we thank you so much that he is also the lion. Help us to rely upon the lion in our lives. Help us to have a better grasp and understanding of the lion of the tribe of Judah. So Lord, today, even in this song, it says that every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Lord, we pray for those living right now that they may be on the right side of that statement. Because the reality is there's so many that are going to be on the wrong side of that statement. Though they will bow and confess, Lord God, there will be eternal separation. And this is the battlegrounds. This is the, this is the proving grounds. This is the time, Lord God, that, that, that we need to, to, to pull people from the fire. So Lord God, equip us with the Holy Spirit to follow the lion and to preach the lamb. Jesus, we lift up Glenn Monroe today as he's going into surgery tomorrow morning for, for heart bypass. The Lord God, we ask that you go before him, you come behind him. You are an ever-present Lord and Savior with him through every second of this process. Lord, continue to give him the desire to minister to those around him as he has been doing. And Lord God, let you be glorified and let your will be done. Lord, we stand in victory with you. We proclaim your holy name. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our King, our Savior, our Lord, our Lamb, and our Lion. And everybody said, Amen. You guys can be seated. Amen. Ah, uh, thank you. Hey, kids, why don't you guys just be dismissed right now while we're getting settled?
How is everybody today? You guys are great. I like hearing great. There's only a few greats. Well, how about the rest of you? Tired? Tired, we're tired, we're tired, we're, we're getting through. Can you believe July is now halfway done? And that's like the halfway point of summer maybe, right? So it's like, wait, where did everything go? It's like I left for three weeks and, and I don't know what to do now. But everything is good now. We just continue to bless God, what God is doing in, in our lives, right? We need to be verbal about that. As, uh, as the worship team was, was practicing, I, I love sitting in here because that's my double dose of, of worship for the day. And I was praying and, and I just said, God... Let us be in your presence, right? That's our desire, right? To be in God's presence. And, and, and as soon as I prayed that, as soon as I spoke those words, man, God, by the Holy Spirit, impressed upon me. You want to be in my presence? Be in my word. And I'm like, but God, I'm not praying that. I'm just praying for the worship service. Just We want to be in your presence. And, and then he pushed a little harder. You want to be in my presence? Be in my word. How amazing is that? How timely is that for really the state of the church right now. Um, we talked about that last week. Um, you got to have the perspective of the Bible. You have to have a desire. You can't come around and just say, well, I, bet, I read the Bible once when I was younger. So, big deal. Are you reading it now? Are you pursuing God? Are you welcoming His presence, seeking Him through the Word of God? So if that helps anybody, I would just encourage you to jump into your Word. You're having a time in your life, if you're going through a season where, where you feel as if God is distant, commit to reading your Bible every single day and see what happens. There'll be a transformation. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's, you can't explain it, but it's amazing couple announcements. We just have a few announcements. Um, Gail is a little bit too efficient in her, in her duties and her abilities. Um, we were supposed to be announcing the backpack outreach that, that we did last year. We're going to do it again this year where the backpacks, we fill them and then we take them down to Salvation Army. We were supposed to start that next week. She was supposed to have everything ready next week, but Gail can't wait. So it's ready this week. It's not in the bulletin because the bulletin was printed. Um, but what an amazing thing that we do. Um, last year it was a great success. And uh, when Gail called Salvation Army, um, when we did the food drive just last month and took the food in, um, they were asking, hey, are you guys doing the backpack reach again? We've already got people calling and, and wondering. Um, so that's a good thing. It's a good way to bless the community. So there's there are backpacks out there, K through 5. K through 5. So if you want to pick one, take it, fill it, and then remember to write a letter or get a card and write in that card just, just an encouraging um, statement for these kids. You know, if you're doing a kindergartner, use your kindergarten language, right? Which I am great at. But if you're in those higher levels, those upper education, is that what they call that? That's a, that upper education of fifth grade. You remember, I'm from Kansas, from a farmer, so that is higher education. Um, hey! My mom's listening, and I'm going to get a text pretty quickly here. Um, 
No, but just use appropriate language. You know, fifth graders, you can speak into their lives a little bit deeper. Kindergartens, you can just say, man, Jesus loves you. He's amazing. And then these letters actually get in the backpack, and then they get in the people's houses, right? The parents probably see them and read them and may think nothing of it. And, and some of the parents may look at that and say, oh my goodness, Jesus does love me, right? We preach the Word of God. We speak the Word of God. And this is like one of those little ways we can infiltrate into homes that we probably couldn't on a regular basis. So the backpacks are back there. Um, you'll be hearing more about that. They don't need to be back, though, until August 22nd. So we've got like over a month. Um, we did awesome last year. Let's do awesome again this year. And then... Brian Sapala's memorial service will be here Monday, July 25th. It will be at 10 a.m. So please, if you can attend that, let's, let's all gather together to, to celebrate Brian's life. Um, I, I, I just can't call a Christian's memorial service a funeral because a funeral seems to have a, a, a connotation with death, right? For a Christian, it's a, it's a celebration. It's a memorial. We're honoring that person, though that person isn't still here physically. Um, they're still alive, right? They're in eternity. They have stepped into glory. So um, please plan to attend that. Um, prayer walks are still going on Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. Um, is Tamara in here right now? Or did she run out? Okay, I don't know where it is this week. It'll be out there, though, on the map, so please please consult that. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it, I think. There's probably a few I'm forgetting. Um, if you guys have the app, you can... Yes, Amy, in the back. Yes, I'm, uh, it's just, if you have the app, um, you can get to the announcements. The bulletin is actually on the app. And usually John has that out by the end of the week, so you don't have to wait till Sunday to know what's going on. And then, of course, if you signed up for our weekly emailer, um, that is now kind of tied in with the app. So when you see something on the weekly emailer, if you click on that picture, that's also a link that's going to link you to where you need to go. So if you don't have the app, get the app. If you're having trouble with the app, ask John, and he will get you... He will get you all fixed up on that. And then that becomes your home church on that app. And it always just takes you right in. And you'll know what's going on. Um, there's continually things added to that. So the services, you can get to the services. Um, you can get to giving. Um, if you want to serve in this church, if you're like, yeah, pastor, I was listening to what you said last week. And I think I want to learn how to run the computer for the slides or I want to learn to run Facebook, or I want to learn to do the soundboard, you can sign up for that. You can sh show your interest through the app. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting every day. I'm waiting for somebody to say, hey, I want to, I want to jump in and, and be a part of that. How long are you going to make me wait? Uh, it's like, Lord, how long must we wait? I'm, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on there. I'm waiting. But um, just joking around, but please think about Pray about where you could serve. You know, ideally you would serve once a month. So you would do the computer like once every four weeks. If we get more people, it could be once every five or once every six weeks. That's not a huge commitment. But those that are doing it now, 
um, it, it strains. So we have the person that was supposed to be doing it to now is out sick today. So Amy gets to go back there and, and, and cover that and, and things like that. We just need more people serving in, in more places. Amen? All right, give. Three, four ways. How many? Five, six, seven ways to give? All sorts of ways to give. You can give online still. A lot of people continue to do that. Text online. You can just text the amount you want to give to 84321. The giving boxes, which I think that's probably the, the most popular way to give. Just go ahead and do that. Envelopes on there so you can designate. You can mail it. And then, of course, you can use our app to get to our online giving and and all that, but we just want to make it easy. Again, I'll say it again, this church wants to make it as easy as possible for you to connect with God and to worship God. And part of that, yes, it's our finances. We lay those before God and say, I don't need this responsibility. I want you to have this responsibility because it's your money anyway. Help me to be the best steward of that. Um, all that being said, hey, listen to God. He will not steer you wrong. All right, I think that's it. Tamara, now that you're back, where are we? Prayer walk this week, where is that at? Okay, around Carroll. Kind of starting at Broadwater and what street? Olive. It's Carroll College. Just remember, go pray for Carroll College. Walk the campus. Um, and that's timely, especially, you know, they had Symphony Under the Stars last night, and there's a lot of worldly things that, that, that goes on and is associated with that, and, uh, and of course, just, it's a college campus, pray for those kids, pray for, for uh, the Holy Spirit to get a hold of those kids, and, and that they see the truth. Of, of who God is, the truth of who Jesus is. So if you got time this week, step out there. Um, I would also invite you, I'm, I'm trying to, to walk around the church at least once a day while I'm here and praying for this church, right? Praying for our church grounds. If, you, if you're in the neighborhood, just take a quick drive around the church, pray, take a little time, pray for this church. We want, we want God's blessing. We... Um, of course, the enemy wants to attack um, in all sorts of ways. We need to stand against that. We need to call upon the name of Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, so that we may further the gospel as much as we can till the very end. Amen? All right, let's get started with this message today. Let's pray again. Father, once again, we thank you that we are in your house today. We thank you that we can come to your house on a Sunday morning with so much ease. Lord God, the biggest thing that we have to complain about is really the price of gasoline. But what are you worth? You're worth way more than a few gallons of gas for those that have to drive a long ways. So Lord God, help us not to complain and help us to, to embrace how easy it is to come. Lord, we stand against apathy. Lord, what a terrible word. What a terrible place to fall into. The apathy of thinking that ah, I'll catch it online later if I have time and I remember. Or, or just the thought that, that, man, there's so many other things I could be doing right now. Lord God, help each one of us stand against that and understand that, that Lord God, your plan, your idea is, is church. 
It's the body of believers. It's the community and coming together. So Lord God, keep that fresh on our minds. Holy Spirit, we ask today that nobody leaves the same way that they came in. We pray that every Sunday, and I truly believe that that is happening. And Lord God, I ask that, that everything that proceeds out of my mouth, Holy Spirit, is, is blessed and ordained by you. And if it's not, then don't let it come out of my mouth. Just shut my mouth. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone shout it out. Yeah. I love a church that shouts. My allergies are through the roof. How many of you guys have allergies with all the rain? All that nice extra rain that we love, but it causes all sorts of things to continue to bloom. Um, so excuse me if I have to stop and take drinks throughout this. Today's message and today's really, the, the thoughts that I'm going to share, the scriptures that I'm going to share in this message today, they're meant, and I hope that they will be an encouragement to you. Now I will admit, some of my messages can hit a little hard um, and that's good, and I love that. Um, and it's all good, and it can be convicting, and, and we love conviction, and we welcome conviction, and I hope you're convicted and challenged today. But today is a little different. Today I want to really seek to encourage you. So maybe for you this morning, you will finally begin to see things as they are, and not how you you and your past portray them to be, right? How many of you guys know that we are so um, affected and influenced by our past? It could be a great past, and that influences us, and that can maybe cause us to coast a little bit in our faith, and it can be a crazy, crazy past, a past where it may be filled with a lot of mistakes or failures. And that can continue to influence us. And instead of coasting in our faith, our faith is an uphill battle. And it's a battle within our own brain and it's a battle within our own emotions. So today, my, my, uh, my hope is that, that we can start to, to truly see ourselves how God sees us. So let's start out today by considering for a minute The humble zebra. How many of you guys like zebras? How many of you guys have ever seen a zebra? There's a, there's a place, I remember, it's, it's between Lawrence, where Haskell is, where we were missionaries, and my mom's house. And, and when we would drive back and forth, just for visits and stuff, right off I-70, there was this house, huge house, set back up on top of a hill. It looked like, man, that guy must be a successful rancher. But you know what he had in his front pastures? He had zebras. It's so fun to see zebras. So fun to see zebras in Kansas. Sometimes we, we see zebras in a zoo. And the zebra is very humble. The Swahili name for zebra is Punda Milia. I hope I said that right with the right inflection. The zebra, he runs a zigzag pattern when being chased by predators in order to make it more difficult for the predators to run after him. We see a lot of animals kind of do that, don't we? But is the zebra even more unique than that? I love the black and white stripes on a zebra. I just, man, that'd be so cool, dressed like that, black and white. It's just, 
just really cool. We look at that and we say, man, that zebra is pretty. Isn't that, isn't that different? In the animal kingdom, that is, that is just different. I wonder why they're black and white stripes. Well, the black and white stripe pattern in their coats actually helps to, to it's good bug repellent. Right? For some reason, it, it, the biting flies and the, the other blood suckers, they can be kept at bay because they get confused because of those black and white stripes. So that makes me wonder, when I go fishing, why am I not dressing like a zebra? I don't know. A group of zebras, anybody know what a group of zebras is called? It's not a herd. Not a flock. It's called a zeal. A zeal of zebras, which is kind of cool. And, and I got to thinking about that. And maybe as a church, we should call ourselves a zeal. Because it's got kind of a couple meanings, right? We have zeal for God, right? And we're, we're a, a tribe, we're a herd, we're a community. When faced by predators, zebras will, will form a semicircle. And they bite and they nip and they attack the predators if they come too close to them. So they're smart, right? It's like, we know we can't do this by ourselves. We don't, we're not going to run off, but what we're going to do is we're going to all get in a semicircle and boy, whatever comes, you just bite them and you just nip them and, and that's just a cool image to think about. And they will also encircle an injured family member to protect it from further attack if the need arises. Again, aren't these all great principles for our church, right? When the enemy comes, maybe instead of trying to just dismiss it or take the enemy on by our own, maybe we should gather together with our zeal, form a semicircle and nip and bite and pray and yell and hold each other up. I think that would be amazing. And, and then also, if somebody within our zeal is injured, if they're hurting, shouldn't we come around them to protect them and to pray for them and to lift them up. Another really neat thing about zebras is this one's just so cool when I read this. A mother zebra, after she gives birth, she will, she will take her foal and she will, she will keep her foal away from all the other zebras for two or three days until the foal can recognize her scent, her voice, and her appearance. Isn't that neat, right? Because a lot of zebras, if you look at a bunch of zebras together, it's like, boy, they all look the same, don't they? But they're not the same. They smell different. Their, their voices, how they bray and things like that, that's, that's a difference. And even, even though they all look alike, their appearance is different. Zebras are one of the few mammals that bio, biologists believe can see in full color. Now, a lot of animals can see in partial color, but they think the zebra can actually see in full color. All of this is pretty darn cool, isn't it? You didn't know you were coming into a zoology message today. You guys are leaving not the same way you came in. You're leaving unknown. Man, you guys know about zebras, and, it, and it's really cool. But I would say out of all these things, the most incredible thing about a zebra is that the pattern of their stripes, they're all different for each individual zebra. No two are alike. They are as unique as snowflakes. So we can look at the zebra as a group, or a zeal, or even a funny-looking horse, 
But we should never make the mistake of saying that all zebras are the same. Because each individual zebra in itself is beautifully different. Each individual zebra is unique and distinct. So why did God choose to make every zebra have a different striped pattern? Why did he do that? Because he can't. That's the answer. Because in his creativity, there's beauty. Right? We look at trees. We can even look at rocks. John McDougall is always picking up rocks and then he polishes them and gets these amazing rocks and then Carol turns them into to jewelry. But you know what? If you see something you really like and you say, John and Carol, could I have, could I have a necklace just like this one? They're going to say, no, you can't. Because every, even every rock, think about that, even every rock is uniquely different and there's beauty in that. See, they all come together, the, the, the beauty and the uniqueness to testify to the glory of His greatness. So God in all His wisdom, all His ability, all His creativity, and all His inspiration makes all things uniquely different. Even identical twins are not carbon copies. Even though they came, yeah, identical twins, they come from the same fertilized egg, right? It's not two different eggs that get fertilized, it's the same egg. It gets fertilized at the same time and then two, two embryos form. And even then, they are distinctly unique. They have different fingerprints, right? They have different personalities. They even have different DNA. So I think we could say that one of God's characteristics is His love of unique creation. Look at Psalms 139, 13, and 14. For you formed my innermost parts. My. Not our. He did our. But this is specific. You formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. Boy, that's a great, great passage, isn't it? If you're ever feeling down, look up that passage. That changes everything. And then look at Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay, and You are our potter. And we all are the work of Your hand. Though we are all the work of His hand, we are all uniquely created differently by His hand. Pretty great visuals here, wouldn't you agree? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a unique creation. Crafted by God Himself. We need to understand that. We need to celebrate that. Now let's talk a little bit about purpose. Purpose. If we can agree that we are all uniquely different, we need to also understand that, that God has granted each and every one of us the same measure, the same amount of purpose in our life. See, sometimes we can say, oh, we're uniquely different, and that's amazing, and I, I totally agree with that. We don't look alike. We have different fingerprints. We have different DNA. We're just uniquely different. Personalities very different. 
But boy, it just seems like this person got a whole lot more purpose in their life, right? And this person didn't. After all, this person, man, they lead worship. Now, I don't really do anything but come to church. They just, God must have granted them more purpose. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe God loves all of us and He, he grants us the same measure of purpose. Each one of us. Now the problem is that sometimes it takes certain people longer to understand that and to realize that purpose than others. But you all have this amazing purpose. See, purpose simply refers to the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Right? Your purpose is why you exist. What is the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life is your purpose. Right? Your purpose is why you were created. And God created us for His glory. Right? So we have to understand that it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you're currently doing. doesn't even matter what you've done. You were uniquely created for God's purpose. See, that is both beautiful and that's very humbling. That's very humbling! But... I thought I was just me. I wasn't that big a deal. Not through the eyes of God. Through the eyes of God, you are a huge deal. Look at Revelations 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power, for you created all things, and because of your will they exist and, and were created and brought into being. So our overall purpose is to bring glory to God now and forevermore. Right? What do you think you're going to be doing in, in eternity? Oh, well, in eternity, I'm going to have the biggest garden and I'm just going to stay in my garden all the time. In eternity, I am just going to go fishing every single day. No, actually, in eternity, you're going to be doing the things that you should be doing now. And that is bringing glory to God. So in all things that we do, if we do them correctly, we can bring glory to God in that. What do you mean? You mean just going to my, my job, my 9 to 5 job that I go every day and I don't feel appreciated, but I got to do the grind because I got... Yes, you can bring glory to God within that. What about laying in a hospital for a week, waiting for certain medications to get out of your system so you can have quadruple bypass, how would that bring glory to God? Well, when Glenn gets back, why don't you ask him? Because he calls me on a regular basis and tells me, oh, I got to talk to this person. Oh, the chaplain came in and he was kind of dragging and, and uh, I was able to minister to him. Chaplain's supposed to be taking care of business, right? But he walks into this room and he leaves encouraged. And Glenn prays with and for the chaplain. Right? He brought glory to God, even laying in a hospital for a week. See, it's a, it's a wonderful realization when, when we come to where we understand this simple revelation. So the question becomes, how does someone bring glory to the creator of the universe, to the omnipotent God of all things? That's a general question, isn't it? 
Let's be more specific here, because here's the question that, that I ask, and I bet it's the question that you ask. Maybe you say this, how can someone like me bring glory to God? How can my purpose be something I feel so inadequate in and, 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 un, or, and unworthy in? See that, that's where the artistry, the pure artistry of God's love for each one of us comes in. Your purpose is propelled by your uniqueness. See, it's when the two intersect that the glory of God is revealed in your life. I didn't read that. I didn't find that in a book. I didn't hear it on a podcast. I'm working away on my message and it just was right there. And that little Venn diagram that maybe you guys remember in school, it makes a whole lot of sense here, right? Because we all have purpose. We're all created very uniquely. We shouldn't be holding those apart, right? See, you know what's, you know what's wrong in, in secular music today? Secular music today, God, God granted those vocalists and those musicians very unique gifts. And their purpose was to make music for the Lord. But they don't have a Venn diagram. They have something that's very separate. And it's separated by this world and it's separated by sin. So the glory of God doesn't take place in their life because they don't understand. Your purpose, your uniqueness, let it come together. They're propelled by each other. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, if you will, if you have your Bibles today. We're gonna we're gonna kind of camp out here for just a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna take this this verse, Ephesians two ten, and we're gonna break it down. And then we're gonna reassemble it in the end, and I hope you get a lot out of it. So the verse is Ephesians two ten. So we're gonna just take the first little bit of Ephesians two ten and it says this for we are His workmanship, His own master work, a work of art. If you will, underline workmanship. So we look at this, and we need to be catching what's going on here, because we know, we know that the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? The Bible is God's Word. So though Paul wrote this, this portion, this this, these words in, in the letter to the Ephesians, we know that, that though he wrote it, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to do so. So the Holy Spirit is saying that you are God's workmanship. You are God's expert design. You are God's artwork. I love artwork. Right? I love the uniqueness of artwork. I love all types of artwork. I look at artwork, I have a great appreciation for artwork. But then I think, my goodness, we are God's artwork. So I don't have to go to a museum and look, a, look at a lot of paintings on the wall to see the ultimate artwork. And that's us, God's creation. Maybe some of you in here need to think about yourselves a little more like your artwork, right? Now, maybe you guys are a little more abstract. I mean, there's some Picassos in here, right? 
But then there's also some Ram, Ram, Rembrandts. But we know both of those names because they're both famous artists. So the artwork can look a little bit different, but there, there's an appreciation that we need to have for all of his artwork, uniquely set apart from every other human being ever made. You guys are special. But to say that you are special would be an understatement. To say you are God's one-of-a-kind work, an art, an art piece is, is a much better descriptor. So do you believe it? you believe any of this? Do you believe that you are uniquely different and that you are uniquely purposed? That you are God's handiwork? That you're the apple of His eye? That you are His masterpiece formed, molded by His hands, breathed in by Him, God Himself? Do you believe that you are that kind of an art piece? So let's take it a step further. Do you believe every person you interact with is God's one-of-a-kind work of art? That can get a little harder, can't it? Because we get mad at people. Oh, people hurt us. People we don't know are idiots. Right? We look at things that people put on social media and we think, what's wrong with them? And sometimes we forget that those that call themselves born-again believers and truly love Jesus, as well as those atheists, as well as even the Satan worshipers, they're still God's work of art. See, our interaction with people and how we see them, it changes dramatically when we start believing that each person carries the DNA and uniqueness of their Creator. It makes a difference. It makes life a little more precious. The value of life goes up even more when we can look and say that is a wonderful work of art that God uniquely created. But then we've got to bring it back and how we see ourselves in many cases needs to change as well. Because sometimes we flip so hard that we can understand the greatness of all of those around us. But we look at ourselves and we see something very different. See, self-condemnation is is not only degradative to yourself and your well-being, but it is also disrespectful to the master artist who molded you. So don't be looking in the mirror and bagging on yourself. Don't look in the mirror and be disgusted with yourself. Sometimes there's actions that we see when we take a look at ourselves. And those actions, they, they, they need to come in alignment with God. We need to we ask for forgiveness. We need to repent of those actions. Those are actions. Never diminish or disrespect the master artist who created you so, so uniquely beautiful. So let's keep going. Let's keep going in, in verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. See, when we become born-again believers, when we become a follower of Christ, we are spiritually transformed, we are renewed, we are equipped, and that at that point, we are ready to be used for His good works and His glory. Right? It's for His good works 
and His glory. Sometimes Christians make a mistake and think, boy, if I start following Jesus, abundant blessing will come into my life. And my life will be amazing, right? You're looking at it totally wrong. When you begin to follow Jesus, you are being equipped. You are being ready. Ready to be used. And wonderful things begin to happen. Because our own desires change. Our, our pride begins to get broken away. And we begin to just humbly submit ourselves to God's glory and His good works. That is the purpose. The purpose that He's created us for. The underlying issue, the problem that this world encounters every millisecond of every day is sin. Right? There's that darn sin coming back. Sin seeks to disrupt and distort the beauty of God's creation. Right, what happened way back in the garden, everything was perfect. Six days, God created it. The Father, oh man, He envisioned it. He, Jesus, He spoke it. The Holy Spirit created it. And it was good, right? Go back into Genesis. It says it was good. And on the seventh day, He rested. And everything was great. The garden, perfect. There was no death in the garden. That means plants didn't die. That means animals didn't die. That means fish didn't die. Everything was there. There was no cancer. There was no sickness. There was no sorrow. There was none of those things. But then sin, sin entered and seeked to disrupt and distort the beauty of God's creation. And at that moment, something happened. And what started there has continued and it's multiplied, and it's continued, and it's multiplied even more. It is sin that distorts the way we look at ourselves. It is sin that distorts the way we look at others. And though we are born into this sin-stained world, we come to Christ, and we are reborn by His cleansing blood. We're spiritually transformed into who He intends us to be. The, the ugliness, the utter disgusting ugliness of sin is erased and the glory of the, the Creator is exposed in us. That should cause a hallelujah and an amen. We should get excited about that. That though sin stained us, the blood of Jesus purified us. Let's keep going which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which He set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us. See, God's purpose and desire for our life is not created when we come to Christ. Rather, God's purpose is revealed in us when He comes to Christ. We need, we need to understand that, that. That we have it all along. It's just buried with sin. It's, it's wrapped up in sin. And when we come to Christ and, and we profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes in, He, he exposes who we really are. 
our uniqueness that we truly have and the purpose that we need to be about. See, it's always been there. Look at Psalms 139.16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taking shape. It's uniquely purposed, isn't it? We are uniquely purposed not at conversion. We are uniquely purposed not at birth. We are uniquely purposed not even at conception. See, God uniquely purposes you even in your unformed substance. So though we, as pro-lifers, believe life begins at conception, our unique purpose begins much earlier. Think about that. That's amazing. That before we have even been conceived in God's wisdom and creative ability and desire, He has uniquely purposed you. I'm telling you, that even changes my outlook. I'm a staunch pro-lifer. I mean, I'm telling you, that's, that's the one thing. When I, when I go to vote, it's all about pro-life. It, it really is. But, but this takes it even a step further, right? That embryo was uniquely purposed, but not at conception. In God's wisdom, in His eternity, in His economy, way before that. See, our unique purpose begins much earlier, and that's, that's powerful, that's, that's amazing, that's, that's life-changing. So now, let's put Ephesians 2.10 together and read it all at once. For we are His workmanship, His own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for God, for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand taking paths which He set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which He prepared, prearranged, and made ready for us. What a great passage. Now listen to it out of the New Living Translation. It's a lot shorter. It's not so amplified. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. That's can. Dense. That is so good, right? That is so good. Uniquely purposed for Himself, His glory, and His appointment. Christ redeems, He renews, and He reveals. By His blood, we are redeemed from our sin and the sin of this world. By His Spirit, we are renewed into the unique masterpiece we were created to be. By His Word, the Father's purpose for us is revealed. Gosh, there's so many people that walk around and they wonder, what is the meaning of life? They spend a lifetime trying to figure out what their purpose is. And, and that's sad. Really, it's sad. Because we can look into His book and gain a better understanding, a true understanding of who we are. We are unique. We are purposed. We are loved by God. Last week we talked about perspective and the importance of having a biblical worldview. And boy, I got some comments after that message. 
I did. They were great comments. Like, boy, the church needs to hear this. Wow, I'm really convicted. My stomach's upset right now. I mean, they were great comments because the Holy Spirit was, was working through that message last week. If you missed last week's message, I will tell you right now, you need to hear it. You need to get online, you need to get a CD, you need to do whatever, but you need to hear last week's message because it established so much. Having a biblical worldview dispels the idea and the belief that there is coincidence or there is random chance. The biblical perspective allows us to understand that, though at times we don't understand, everything that happens is a result and is governed by God's will. Listen closely right now. That means that you are not here by random chance. But rather because God purposed you to be here now. Born in this limited, crazy time span that we're living in 2022, living in Helm, Montana. God is in, involved in that. God has purposed that for you. It also means that your personality, that your giftings, that your talents, even your experiences up to this point, right now have also been purposed by God Himself. Why would God put forth so much planning in detail and involvement into each one of us. That's humbling, isn't it? That he, he did that for each one of us. It would have been so much easier for God to just make a mold. I got a mold. I got a man. I got a woman. We got to just... Holy Spirit, just fill those molds. Just kick them out as fast as you can. Made in heaven instead of made in China. And everybody's exactly the same, Right? Probably kind of low quality, big deal. What about their gifts, their talents, their personalities? I don't know. I'm busy. Holy Spirit, handle that. Just do whatever. If you want to make them the same, make them the same. Maybe have five different variations. You know, most, most locks on your front doors, there's really only five variations. So somebody could walk up and just happen to have the right key and open your... You know, I know I don't want to burst people's bubbles, but that's how you do things when you're producing a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you, when there's billions and billions and billions of people that have ever lived and are living now, boy, it would be easy to make a mold and do just that. Then you could be walking around and you'd be like, we'd have to have name tags because we'd all look alike. Men, none of the men would have hair because that's, you know, that's God's will right there. And... But He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Each one of us are different. He takes the time and the energy and the planning, and the detail, and the involvement to make each one of us different. And He does that because His love for us, it, it knows no bounds. No bounds! His love for us is driven by His desire to have an eternal personal relationship with us. And that's not at glorification, right? That's not at glorification. Brian is in glory right now. He's hanging out with Jesus in heaven, in glory right now. 
But that relationship didn't start when he left this world and entered that world. That relationship started way before. So the relationship that we have now is so very important so that we can have that relationship later in eternity. He also has a desire that our personal relationship and our experience with Him not be contained to just ourselves. His desire is that we share that very thing. And His desire is to have that personal relationship with all mankind. That's God's desire, is that He has that relationship with all mankind. Does it happen all the time? Tragically, no. But that's His desire. And He uses us to do just that. See, just as Esther, we must all come to the realization that we are born for such a time as this. I mean, you guys believe that. <laughs> 2020 hit. <laughs> Everything shut down. There was no toilet paper. We're far enough out that it's like, do you remember people were freaking out over toilet paper? Right? We look back and think that's silly, but we lived through that, right? Toilet paper, the great toilet paper shortage, the great, the great COVID separate yourself, isolate yourself. All this craziness is happening. But then there's riots going on. Well, I thought we were supposed to isolate ourselves and stay home. No, you can riot, but you just can't go out to eat. And there's all this stuff going on and, and, and we're all looking there going, well, God, why did you why'd you put me on earth at this time? Why me? Because God said you are uniquely purposed. And this is the time that I have for you. Because remember, even if you're down right now, remember, I knew you. I knew you before even conception. I knew what year you would be born. He even knows what date we will die. Because He has numbered our days. You are here today. You are existing today. You are alive today. In this community today, for such a time as this. See, the revelation that we have been uniquely purposed by God Himself to have an eternal personal relationship with Him should shine. It should shine like a blinding light into the darkness of this world and the darkness of this community. Because I'm telling you what, we live in an incredibly dark community. Being away for three weeks and driving back into... Helena, Montana helped me to regain my understanding of how dark this land is. But God placed you here, uniquely purposed for such a time as this. You believe it? You believe God has touched your life? You believe He has changed you? Right? Think back, oh boy, he changed me. He, oh, you don't know me. You don't know how I was. You don't know who I was. You don't know the difference that I am now. You believe that God blesses you. Maybe it, you know, we make the mistake uh, financially, right? No, don't be dumb. 
God blesses us financially, but it's not just financially. God blesses us with, with so many different ways. You believe that God provides for you. You believe that God protects you. How can we not share what God has done in our life? How can we not share that with others? Some of your guys' stories are rough. Downright rough. Some of you guys have stories that are tragic. They involve so much tragedy. And so much tragedy could be one thing. And for some of you, your whole life has been a tragic story. Some of your stories are just plain unbelievable. But do you know what? Each one of your stories is unique and attests to the beauty and power of a personal, redeeming relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? Oh man, just as we are uniquely created by the Creator God, that we are an artwork, and that He has, he has given us each a measure, a great, huge major measure of, of, of purpose. We have to also understand that our life up to this very second is unique as well. And the story that comes out of that is so powerful. It's so light bringing, right? How do you light up a dark community? With your testimony. Our testimonies always include the Word of God, don't they? We go into this community. And we share our story. How can we evangelize such rocky ground? How can we do it? It seems like there's just a huge boulder field. How could anything ever grow in that boulder field? Stop looking at the boulder field. Start sharing your story. Incorporate it. Oh man, this is what God did. This is what God did in my life when you it's gonna arise conversations that always arise. This is what God is currently doing in my life. Not in a weird way. Nobody wants to talk to weird people regardless. But we speak with confidence of knowing what God has accomplished and He has done. Your stories are uniquely beautiful. Share your stories. Look at Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, now we're back into that again, right? I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? In a world that seeks to only grind you down to the ground, in a world that seeks to only point out your faults, your shortcomings, we hear from God, before I formed you in the room, I knew you and approved. He, appro he put the check mark. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't make junk. He approved of you as His chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to Myself as My own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now contextually, we know that these words were spoken to and for Jeremiah, right? No, those are for Jeremiah. Good for Jeremiah. Boy, his purpose was way up there. He got a huge major, major of purpose, didn't he? 
And here I am with just a little cup of it. But man, he had like, he had a whole swimming pool of it. And in context, we could look at that and form that opinion. But we have to ask ourselves, does, do these words, does, does this verse have any value for us today? Even though contextually it was for Jeremiah. I would say absolutely, because the Father's desire to call people to himself remains the same. His chosen mode of operation has stayed the same. And that's us, God's faithful. From Jeremiah to you guys sitting in these seats this morning, God's purpose is the same. And I believe God has appointed you to testify to the glorious transformation that you have uniquely experienced through Jesus Christ to those you interact with in such a time as this. That's what I believe. But the question is, is what do you believe? Do you believe the same things I believe? Do you believe this passage out of Jeremiah can apply to each one of us? Or do you simply take the belief that, no, God will send people. That's the pastor's job, for goodness sakes. I'm, my job is just to come here for an hour and a half each Sunday and bless him with my presence and then I leave the building, and then I go about my life, because all that other stuff, that's his job. You believe that? Boy, I hope not. I don't want an amen to that one. We have to question ourselves, what in essence do I believe? Do I believe that I'm unique? Do I believe that I'm purposed? Do I believe that I'm created by God? That he formed me from eternity before? And his desire is a relationship with me for eternity forward. Do I believe that, that he has empowered me with the Holy Spirit to glorify him, to share my story with others so that they may gain a glimpse of the greatness of who he is? What do you believe today? Now, if you do believe it, then I would ask, are you sharing what God has and is doing in your life? Do you share that with people? My goodness, do you share it in a, in a safe space? Safe space, like church. Like this building on Sunday morning, we're pretty safe, right? We know that if we share what God's doing in our life, no one's going to spit in our face or make fun of us, right? But gosh, sometimes, sometimes we have trouble even doing that. We have trouble doing it in here. How are we going to do it out there? Maybe this is our practice grounds. Maybe this is our proving grounds, right? We need to be sharing what God's doing in our life within this body, within the safety of the church so that we can get some confidence that we may share it outside of this church. All of this being empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? The ordination of divine interactions that God places on our life. See, I look out here. I can look out here today and, and I can see a, a room. And, then, and this is a whole room full of uniquely purposed people. It's awesome. Now look, man, you guys all look different. You guys all, some of you guys look really good this morning. Some of you guys, man, do not have time to shower. 
But that makes you uniquely different. I'm kidding. You're all beautiful creations. You're all artworks of Christ, of the Father, and of the Holy Spirit. Each one of your stories. I don't care how you grew up. If you grew up in the most wonderful Christian home, your parents stayed together. There was just, it was amazing. You went to Sunday school every Sunday and then church and you went through youth and everything was great. And, and man, God touched you at an early age. And you don't really remember a time in your life where you could say you were super defiant or apart from God, but you still remember that day that you came to God. That is a wonderful and powerful and impactful statement. People need to hear that story. And some of you guys are on the opposite end of that. Your childhood, man, it was chaos. You grew up sleeping on couches. Maybe you didn't know where you were going to sleep that night. You were shuffled around from house to house, foster care to foster care, whatever. Tragedy after tragedy. Um, murders, deaths, abuses. Maybe you guys grew up in that. And you remember that distinct line when you came to Jesus and how that changed you. Did you know that your story is powerful and impactful? And that full spectrum of in-between, maybe it's like, man, I wasn't like that. That would have been pretty amazing growing up that way. And my life wasn't that bad. It wasn't that chaotic. I'm somewhere in the middle. If you're in the middle, do you understand that your story are powerful and impactive. People are longing to hear the truth. And God takes His truth and He wraps it up in your story. So do not withhold who Christ is to you from those who sit in darkness. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on your story. They're waiting on your friendship. They're waiting on your invitation. They are waiting for you. The days of sitting back on our heels as Christians and churches and saying, oh, the people will come when they are ready. Those days have expired. Those are no longer going into the darkness, shining our light and sharing our story. That's the days we're living in. Beth works in an incredibly dark place. She has an opportunity to bring light into that darkness. Every time she sets foot in that building, light comes with her. Every time she has an opportunity not to preach to them, but to share her story, God is glorified. Beth is uniquely purposed for that reason. We are all uniquely purposed for that reason. How God chooses to carry it out can look a little bit different. Let's end. Let's worship team go ahead and come on up. Let's end with 1 Corinthians 1 30 and 31. But it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, revealing His plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God, and sanctification, making us holy and setting us apart for God, and redemption, providing our ransom from the penalty of sin. So then, 
as it is written in Scripture, he who boasts and glorifies, let him boast and glorify in the Lord. See, when you share your story, when you get that opportunity, when you're wherever you are, and God says, oh man, I'm cracking a door right here. Are you going to walk through it? And excitingly, and, and nervously, and scared beyond, beyond measure, we step through that door and we begin to share our story. The story itself, that's, that's our story. It's uniquely beautiful and wonderful. But what we're actually doing is we're boasting. We are bragging on who God is. We are bragging on what He has done in our life. How amazing is that? That God loves you so much that He will place you in opportunities to brag about Him. I had somebody this morning that had to grab me right before service because she had to brag on God. It's like, oh, that's so much better than a complaint. I love that. Brag on God. What happened several weeks ago, the manifestation of that, the, the, the fruition of those prayers, she's actually seeing that in a tangible way. The impossible is being made possible. And she wanted to brag on God about that exact thing. How many of you guys brag on God? How many of you guys boast about God all the time? Well, I do it in my car. Sometimes in my quiet time, I'll, I'll boast on God. Okay, you're putting light into light, right? What we need to be doing is putting our light into the darkness. You're going to have opportunities today to boast on God. You're going to have opportunities tomorrow to boast on God. You're going to have opportunities the rest of this summer and the room these next few years to boast on God. If you believe it, then maybe we need to do it. What has God accomplished in your life? Where has He brought you? All this understanding that even when I was ugly before, even when I was apart from God before, even when I was distant from God before, I was still unique and there was still purpose in there. And boy, when I came to Jesus and, and all of that was changed. How beautiful is that? How can we not boast about what God is doing? See, we have it. We have the story. We understand. We have lived. We have experienced what God can transform and do in a person's life. Don't be so selfish and self-centered to keep that from others within this community. I'm telling you, this darkness needs the light. And that is not far off from you. That is not abstract from you. Because you take the light. So let's go into this community and let's boast about who God is. Let's brag about what He has done in our lives. And let's, let's begin to see, though they are far from God and they stand in the shadow of death, they're still God's unique creation. They still have purpose. We just need to reach in and grab them from the fire and introduce them to the person that changed our life. We're going to pray and then we'll go right in 
How great is our God, right? How great is our God? I'm going to pray. We're going to go straight into this song. Man, if you need to get up and jump around and worship, do it. If you need to sing it as loud as you can, do it. If you need to bow down at these altars and confess and cry out to God, do it. If you need to go give somebody a hug this morning and say, you are uniquely special. You are uniquely purposed for God's glory. Do it. Because we don't want to leave here the same way that we came in. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, everybody stand up. We're going to get ready to sing. Heavenly Father, Lord, You are the giver of great things. Lord God, You are the lover of our soul. Father, You created us with unique purpose before we were ever conceived, before we were ever in our mother's womb. You had the plan. Your love overwhelmed us even then. And now we get to this portion in 2022 and we wonder, why are we here? It is for such a time as this, Lord. Help us to walk in that uniqueness. Help us to walk into that, in that purpose. Lord God, glorifying you with all we do, with all we say, with who we are. Lord, be glorified. We love you so much. We thank you for making us unique. We thank you for our past. We thank you for our present. We thank you for our future. Lord God, give us the boldness, your confidence to make a difference in this dark community. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you believe that, give me a shout out of an amen. How great is our God. Believe it. You got to believe it. You got to grab hold of it. You got to start living in it. How great is our God. How beautiful is the creator of all things that made me unique and gave me purpose. Wrap all that together. How can we not share what God has done and is doing in our life? Next week, we're going to kind of continue in this current of being uniquely purposed. We're going to dig deep a little bit more. And then we're going to have a time at the end of next service with communion, coming together with God and in community with others, celebrating the workmanship of our God. Well, let's go celebrate that. Hang out here as long as you want. Loving on each other, talking to each other. But don't just keep it here. Allow that to flow into our community. Father, bless this body of believers. Equip them with a desire to share their unique story and bring light into our dark community. Pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.